Welcome to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller in here, and a a date on the calendar snuck up on me yesterday. I'm recording this on April 1st, 2023. The date yesterday, March 31st, was not in my mind of connecting it to what happened in the past, because I was trying to get an audiobook finished for Fred. <laughs> the book is called The Electromagnetic Self, and uh, it will be out in several weeks after the re- release of this recording on April 2nd. But I was trying to get that finished, and up pops a note from my calendar on the computer that says that the Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast started 10 years ago, March 31st, 2013. I went back and looked at when the first podcast episode was released. There's a date stamp on it, and it was at 5 p.m. Central Time. Well, ironically, that was about the same time I released that audiobook, so it matched 10 years later. And it does make you think, wow, what has happened over those past 10 years? We've done reflections on here in the past, but I've got a different perspective And the world is a different place now. So let's just take a look at a couple of lessons over the last 10 years. And I'm going to cut to the chase on this because one of the biggest things that is different now of any of the other times that we've either revisited this date or even released a podcast is that the shift of consciousness on planet Earth, in my opinion, without question, is now happening. Not that it wasn't happening 10 years ago, but not like it is now. I mean, the flag has dropped, the horses are running, whatever analogy you want to use, that now we are in it and we weren't back then. And that makes it a scary time, but it also makes it an exciting time. We simply don't know what is ahead of us. Another thing that is happening now a lot that wasn't 10 years ago is that I'm studying and using and applying and talking about astrology. And if we look at the astrology of what's going on in the sky right now, we definitely see the battle that appears to be shaping up on planet Earth, and that is going to be this big contest between authoritarian domination versus fierce self-independence. Even as I'm recording this, we're having eruptions of violence in France over authoritarian control over a policy that the population disagrees with. So as we enter this shift and as we enter this new consciousness, what's going to get us through? How are we going to frame this up? Because these are conversations we weren't having 10 years ago. I have two primary lessons that I would like to focus on here for just a few minutes as we think back and look forward. One is... Best exemplified if you go back and listen again to episode number 298. It's about hearing the voice because one of my biggest top lessons, in fact, I would say the perhaps top lesson, if you cut through everything else that I went through over the years, it is to find and follow that intuitive voice. You know, another thing we have now that we didn't 10 years ago is about 30-something, maybe now even closer to 40, audiobooks by Fred Dodson. (laughs) And two of them in particular are target-focused on intuition. One is called Intuition Training. The other is called the Intuitive Awareness Method. And, you know, if you wanted to give Thomas a birthday present, 
pick up one of those books because they are both excellent. Or pick up an audiobook and bless yourself and bless me a little bit as well. But intuition training and the intuitive awareness method are great building blocks if you are not in a position where intuition flows freely in your life. If you've been following the sequence, you know that the Aspen years were the years really that this shifted for me. So on a timeline, late 2015, 16, 17, 18. And finally, it got to where I could intentionally summons intuition. And that was instead of the always-on chatterbox monkey mind that normally ran the show. And I learned to separate those two. And I learned finally to be able to say to the monkey mind, okay, it's time for you to chatter, like switch it on. Okay, stop. (laughs) And then to say to intuition, okay, what do you have to say? And allow it to be there without the interruption of the monkey mind. You could go back to the date range of those podcasts and listen to that story unfold. But it was super, super significant. Probably we need to do more podcasts as we start the next decade on that topic because I think it's one that still a lot of people struggle with. And it took me about 18 months of very specific, focused time working through that on the hiking trails in Colorado to get to that point. But I also think that that voice is there when we need it. And that's the message of the podcast 298. That story is, a you know, it's obviously a story, but it does explain in as clear a way as possible what we're talking about here is that voice that will be there when you need it to help you through a challenging situation. It also will give you guidance. And that's one of the things as I'm looking here today and reflecting back on what happened in the past that following that voice, and now I look at 10 long years of day in, day out, slogging it out to look to where I am now versus then, and following that voice is the thing that has made the difference. So my wish for you is to keep working on intuition, keep working on developing that skill and flexing that muscle. And the thing that you have to do is be willing to let the monkey mind, in fact, controlling the monkey mind, to stop, but not from a forceful position. As you remember in those episodes and and that time, I would say that what I would do is ask the monkey mind if it would stop for a little while and then invite it back. So you have to get buy-in. But once the monkey mind understands, especially now you look back 10 years, it goes, hey, would you go get the instructions so we can follow what we need to do here? Because it's like, I'm not leading this thing. Are you kidding me? I I hit the wall every time I try to do it. Here, you go get the inside voice. Let that voice tell us what to do, and then we'll figure it out. (laughs) That's the process. So then the second thing, and I think this goes so hand in hand because it really is. It's the word that I wrote down, commitment. It is a commitment to this lifestyle. And I'm seeing this a lot lately. And this is why I wanted to not only bring this up, because if you were to ask me what made the difference over the last 10 years, intuition, number one, commitment, number two, but hand in hand. And I will say when I left Colorado, my commitment was full on. I left stepping into a new reality. And that was that I'm doing this work professionally and 
I'm going to follow the voice and take it as far as the voice says to take it. But it was full-on commitment. In other words, the skiing was over. The Aspen years were a bridge. That was the message. You've had your time. Now it's time to go reach others with this. And this is where I'm seeing, honestly, a conflict. I see a lot of really good-hearted people who want to do spiritual work. They want the spiritual work in their, in their life and in their path, and they want to be committed to it. But they are pulled, tested, conflicted by the dualities of modern society. It really isn't about modern society. It's the dual conflict of our own nature is what it is. But it's very tempting to go out there and do the stuff that I think helps block us from our spiritual path. When I think about people like Bob Proctor, and you know Michelle Blood, we mentioned her on Level Up the other night. Michelle knew and worked with Bob Proctor. His influence rubbed off on her, too. She is a dynamic individual, totally committed to this work. So was Bob. Fred Dodson, a man that I have watched and observed for the last 10 years. I'm, we met in the summer of 2013, fully, totally committed. But I often see people who are trying to play both sides of the field. In the Bible, it's called the world or the flesh. And I'm speaking to this only because I did it for so many years. I know this pattern well. Does this mean, Thomas, that you have to be in some kind of spiritual work in order to do what you're saying to be able to play on one side of the field? No, not at all. In fact, that would be broadly the worst thing that could happen, because then all these other areas would not be permeated with light workers who can change their environments. Yeah, but it's easier if you're doing that kind of work full time. Well, I would say, okay, granted to the point that you are at least not in the toxicity of the environment of the other side. That's granted, yes. And we all know that toxicity has increased in the last 10 years. So that is a deal. But this is where we all have to make our own level of commitment. But you are really committed if you can be a light worker in the toxic environment and know that you're called to do that. You're not in the bubble. You are, you are there real and raw, and you are totally committed. I mean, you are the true trooper. I mean, you're the one that's going to really change the world. Well, we all are working together, but I mean, you're going to be boots on the ground. You're on the front lines. Now, sometimes when you make a commitment to a truly, highly spiritual lifestyle, it may not be perceived as cool by some people, maybe friends or even family. If they're not on the same vibration, they are not going to understand. Sometimes it means either having to revisit those relationships or set them aside for a while and hopefully they come back, or maybe sometimes in the extreme cases that those things would hold you back more than they benefit you and you have to basically just move on. Sometimes you have to reevaluate your social structures, how you spend your time, personal habits, even personal enjoyments, and you have to often reshape your way of seeing the world and thinking about the world. But I'm serious. As I look back on the last 10 years, this is the other area that made the most difference, playing full out on one side of the court. 
I mentioned Fred. I've been watching him for a long time now. Fred hears the voice. He can switch the voice on at will. In fact, he feels the voice a lot more than he hears the voice, but he stays in that constant state. And this is something that I'm still working on consciously, is here's all this stuff going on around you. And yet, at that moment, you find yourself grounded and centered and balanced and in tune. I still often get thrown off by the noise. One of the things I've seen from Fred is that no matter who he is with, who he is talking to, what's going on around him, that balance, that centeredness is his personal job one. In fact, if you wanted to do an exercise, you could take the next week or maybe even just do it one day at a time. Whatever noise and wind is blowing around you, we just had a storm come through here this morning, so it's like whatever... You know, the crashing and the banging and the noise and the chaos and everything is going on around you. You remain fixed and firm and in tune with the voice. Because I'll tell you, as the shifts and the changes come, we're going to need to come back to these anchors. And we're going to have to support each other. Wherever we are in our path, wherever we are in our journey, it's all about supporting the work, supporting the light. So question is, are you willing to be as committed to that as possible? And then obviously through your own internal voice, knowing what it means for you for that to be worked out. That's your individual path. That's your individual call. And then another term that we've learned since the last 10 years is live your highest timeline. And that's what you go do. Now you're committed. You're hearing the voice. You're pointed in a direction. And you just keep taking one step after another. You keep reevaluating that path and that process. Am I, am I on track or do I need to make any changes? You get back in tune with the voice. Here, you need to make this little adjustment. Okay, great. You implement that and now you're back on the track of the path that you know that you're supposed to be on, even though you can't see the end. But you know you're headed in the right direction. Keep walking. Keep going. Stay the course. Stay awake. There's one other thing I'm going to throw in here that I have observed now versus 10 years ago that I think is coming around, coming around quite a bit, and that is this return to source. I put a thing up in our Facebook group the other day about J.P. Sears, or no, we did it in Level Up, didn't we? Yeah, I didn't put it on Facebook. I should. But J.P. Sears, you know, the guy that kind of poked fun at New Age stuff, manifesting, etc. He was doing it in a fun, spoofy way. But he has recently put a video on YouTube about his returning to God, returning in a different way. It's about 25 minutes long. If you can search it up, it's definitely worth watching. It was created in February or March of 2023 on his channel, J.P. Sears. Fred is writing about God more than he used to. And I've experienced it in my own life personally as well. We see our culture so far away from that now that for us to be, again, the leaders. And after all, this is not an independent solo journey. Creation, manifestation, is really co-creation and co-manifestation. We tap into our source. Greg Braden talked about this in his Pray Rain story. The guy went over and did his little dance, his ancestral circle and all of that, 
And then he gave thanks. And Braden asked him, what were you praying? He said, I'm praying thanks for being able to co-create with the Great Spirit. That's what we're reconnecting with. Right now, it's, I would say, slow but progressing. Maybe it builds or maybe it's just a one-by-one slow process. But I think people are either finding for the first time or coming back to that co-creating source. I hope this next week that you'll spend a little bit of time reflecting on that point as well. So three or four things you could break out from this podcast. Hearing the voice. Go back and listen to 298. Commitment. Where are you? Really, where are you? What's in the way? Are you willing to keep it or release it? Following your own path, not somebody else's. Knowing that you are following your course for being here, the purpose for your life right now being on the planet, getting squared up with that, not based on somebody else's opinion or need. It's what the voice has told you. And then finding that ultimate beautiful relationship with our source. So this little mark on the timeline is not an anniversary or a birthday. It's a birth. It's the birth of the next 10 years. So it's almost like we can start over, but we can start over (laughs) with 10 years of knowledge and learning and wisdom that we will apply starting forward. So, happy birthday, Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thank you for the last 10. We're going to close that chapter and begin a new chapter of 10 more. Will you join us? I sure hope so. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. I can't wait to see what the next 10 brings. We always say enjoy the journey, but I'd also like to say here thank you for being on the journey together. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.